Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. And a welcome into another injury recap episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Matthew Betts here to break down the week 13 injuries and get you ready for week 14 and beyond with the fantasy play- football playoffs just coming around the corner. Um, man, the season is flying, but it's time to get ready for the playoffs here at Red Shirts FF Pod. Uh, Okada and I are working to get you guys ready to set those lineups and win. If you're new to the show, first off, thank you for checking us out. If you have been a loyal listener, again, thanks so much for you know following us and, and really um, giving us a platform to give you this information. It's, it's awesome for Okada uh, and myself. So the plan for tonight, if you're new to the show, is you know every week I sit down on Monday evenings, I recap the injuries from week 13, and kind of look forward to uh, the next week here. So you know we're going to go position by position, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, and then at the end of the show... I will break down some, you know, injuries that either happened previously in the week or talk about players that could be coming back uh, at a different point in time. So not just week 13, we're going to talk about different players. For example, T.Y. Hilton, you know, not injured in week 13, but definitely relevant uh, this time of year. So that is the breakdown for the show. Uh, If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your podcast app. That would be greatly appreciated. It would be awesome. Uh, Helps other people find our work, find our content uh, and find our show. You can find us online at redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. The Twitter handle is at redshirtsffpod. All right, everyone, let's get into the breakdown here. We'll start with the quarterback position, uh, and we'll talk about Sam Darnold first. It's really minor, but I just want to bring it up because I think he will show up on the injury report this week. He's dealing with bruised ribs uh, at this point in time. Now, you know, the the performance uh, yesterday was something, uh, was not good. And maybe, you know, we can point to a little bit of injury here to talk about this, you know, but the the injury to the ribs is always a pain management issue. So for a quarterback, you know, you don't think about these QBs taking a lot of hits to that area, but certainly on sacks they do, any rushing quarterback does. But the other thing is, you know, the, the ribs are a location where um, there's a lot of muscle attachments. You've got your obliques, you've got your abdominals, your chest muscles, etc. They all attach on the ribs, and so anytime you have to step into a throw, and rotate with your core, you are stressing these muscles and therefore you're stressing your ribs. So uh, it is something to monitor. It could affect accuracy issues moving forward. If it's you know pretty minor, it could be a one to, week, one to two week thing and not really a big deal. But again, he will pop up on the injury report this week. So monitor that. The other thing here is Adam Gase coming out saying, you know, it, there's also this uh, minor knee issue that has been plaguing Darnold for several weeks. Now he's had three straight top 10 finishes in fantasy three weeks in a row. So it doesn't seem like this is a major issue at all. But again, keep an eye on the practice reports. Darnold is going to show up with either a knee or a rib injury and or both. I don't think he misses any time, but again, it could affect his performance. Next QB to talk about here is Baker Mayfield. Uh, This is really simple to talk about. Right-hand contusion. He's day-to-day. So basically what you're looking at is, you know, he stepped into a throw uh, and on that deep bomb to Odell, which was incomplete, he stepped into it and in his follow-through hit a Steelers defensive lineman on the helmet. Uh, and you can see him immediately grab for that thumb area, for the wrist. And essentially that you know is a concern because it can cause a ligament injury, which is how Drew Brees injured his thumb. However, x-rays were negative, meaning no broken bones, no fractures. 
but you know, definitely waking up this morning and you know, for the early part of the week, we'll have soreness, swelling, pain, etc. I don't think he misses time. I mean, he came back into the game and finished strong. You did see him play with a game uh, with a glove, excuse me, on his his right hand in the game, which helps with grip, ball security, etc. So I would not be shocked to see him do that again this week in order to help him with some stability and with some strength. Uh, but I don't think he misses time. You can consider this a bruise on the wrist. Next player to talk about here, Darrell Williams. Now, this is one that I am perplexed at how people are calling this a hamstring strain. I mean, if you saw the play, which I'm going to screen share with you guys here in a second, if you saw the play, uh, it was kind of brutal, man. Like, takes the carry to the left side of the line, sticks his left foot in the ground to cut. You can see his knee buckle 90 degrees to the to the, the left, buckles laterally, which we call a, a varus force. Essentially, can be a mechanism for an ACL injury. It can be a mechanism for an LCL injury, which is your lateral collateral ligament. Um, I'm just seeing hamstring everywhere listed. I don't see how that's possible, and I'm going to show you what I mean here in one second. So I'm going to pull up uh, screen share real quick. I will share the screen with you. Watch the video with me. If you're queasy, don't watch. Let's pull it up here. And so this is what we're looking at. You're looking at this play right here. You can see he takes the carry, goes to the left, and on this step, back it up a little bit, on this step, comes forward, plants his left leg down, you can see his left knee buckle to the side. That is not a hamstring strain. So, you know, maybe his hamstring got tweaked in the process. But the issue here is, you know, that's a major knee injury and clearly is not going to be just a, a week or two. That is going to be, um, it could be a season ending for uh, Williams there for the, the backfield uh, in Kansas City. So that's going to be something to monitor. You're seeing hamstring out there in the news. Possibly the reason is, when you have a lateral knee injury and it's a ligament injury, basically what can happen is you can have an injury, what's called a posterior lateral corner. And basically in layman's terms, that means the back of the knee and the outside, you have a, a complex you know, group of ligaments that sit there and they basically help to provide stability to the knee for cutting movements. And it mimics a hamstring strain because of the location of where pain is felt. So maybe they're just calling this a hamstring right away because that's the location of where his pain is. But Man, that video is so obvious. Like, that is a ligament injury through and through. Um, and when you see news come out that he could land on IR or be done for the year, don't be shocked because that is definitely within the realm of possibility, which is big-time news given that Damian Williams missed this week's game with uh, a rib injury. So two running backs on the roster now. Hurts won't play in Week 14 for Darrell Williams. Damian Williams has a chance to come back. Um, but if he does sit, you know, LaShawn McCoy and um, Darwin Thompson are the only two backs on the roster. So something to monitor there for sure if you are a running back needy team here in Week 14. Next running back to talk to, uh, or talk about, I should say, Kalen Balaj. Um, man, not fantasy relevant by any means, but he did have an injury yesterday, and so we will talk about it. The guy finished with zero yards on three carries, um, but did injure his Achilles is what it looked like to me. On the injury now, the, the team has not come out with any formal news as to if that is what's going on. But it looked like an Achilles injury to me. Certainly, that could be a career, uh, you know, a threat to his career for sure. Because we see players with Achilles injuries suffer all the time in future seasons to come back, uh, and we're seeing players do better with it for sure. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is a great example. But in running backs, man, that is a, a very, very difficult injury to come back from. You're talking about a guy 
who you know isn't really showing us much in terms of his NFL talent that matters you know when you look at draft capital you look at opportunity with these major Achilles injuries that matters in their performance long term so if that is what's going on here with Balaj, uh certainly obviously he's done for the year but more importantly man if you're talking about dynasty or if you're talking about looking forward to 2020 and beyond it definitely will negatively affect uh, his career unfortunately next player to talk about here we're going to get into the wide receiver position and we'll keep it short with this one. It's Amari Cooper. He played on Thanksgiving and suffered a, a left quad contusion. You could see the defender come in, hit him directly with the helmet at the very top of the knee, um, right above the kneecap, kind of at the bottom part of his quad or that big muscle that sits in the front of your thigh. Um, not much to say. I mean, he he's not going to have a full week to recover. They play on Thursday, but this is not a short week. Again, they played on Thanksgiving. So he has that full seven days to get back on the field, and certainly that helps you know, the timeline with healing, essentially what a bruise is in a muscle is a small formation uh, of blood. And if it's a very minor concern, uh, it takes a few days and it kind of works itself out. These kind of more intense bruises or, or contusions that you'll see in muscles can take about two to three weeks. So regardless, Cooper is going to play this week. There's no concern about that for me. He is going to play because we know the fact that he was a full participant today in practice. So good news there for Amari Cooper. If you're worried about any sort of uh, performance issues, I would not be. He's going to get a full green light for me as far as confidence uh, in his play on Thursday. He goes up against the Bears. Next wide receiver to talk about, Chester Rogers. uh, Unfortunately, had a fracture in his knee on Sunday. You could see him kind of get rolled up on, and basically his knee kind of bent awkwardly. And essentially, that quick movement can cause impact to uh, the surfaces of the bones of your knee. So your femur and your tibia can kind of hit together quickly, can cause a a cartilage damage, can cause uh, a fracture to the cartilage, which everyone, you know, refers to as a tibial plateau fracture. This is what we saw with guys like J.J. Watt in previous seasons. This is what we saw most recently uh, with Hunter Henry at the start of the season. And it doesn't always mean his season's over, but certainly at this point in the season, you know, entering week 14, with only a few weeks left, you know, he's not really going to be relevant at all again for the Colts. So for all intents and purposes, he is going to be done for the year. And honestly, by the time this recording comes out in podcast form, he could very well be on IR already. So Trusty Rogers essentially done for the year. Greg Olson is the next player to talk about here. We're going to get over into tight ends. Suffered a concussion on Sunday. A pretty scary hit. I mean, you could see him you know, carrying the ball, essentially take a direct hit to the head. And and what we see with that, you know, when these guys have these scary hits is it can lead to what we call posturing, which is essentially that scary scene. The player gets hit, they kind of just go limp, and essentially they drop the ball and and lose consciousness, essentially, for a period of time. Um, And sometimes it's longer than others, for sure. But that always signals a concussion. You know, it doesn't matter um, how scary the hit looked or what have you, if a player postures on the field, it is a concussion and they will be rolled out immediately, which obviously happened for Olsen. Now, the good news is he regained consciousness relatively quickly, walked off the sideline, and then, of course, went into a full examination uh, on the sideline in the medical tent before being rolled out. So for Olsen, you know, these these concussions, we always talk about it. It's a nonlinear process. You know, you'll hear me say that on the podcast uh, week in and week out. And essentially what I mean by that is, you see these guys have concussions, and just because they have a, a certain concussion that looks a certain way, uh, it doesn't always mean that you can predict how long it's going to take to recover. So nonlinear means just because he does something on Monday does not mean he'll do something on Tuesday or on Wednesday. 
So it's it's day by day. You got to see what they do. You can see basically what happens to a player when you start to elevate their heart rate. And so in practice, you'll see players listed as limited. Maybe they're doing some work on the side. Maybe they're doing some work on the cardio machines, a bike, a treadmill, etc. Um, and the idea is to try to get the heart rate up and see how the brain responds. So when you look at these concussion recoveries, you can't really predict it. And that's that's why it's important to follow um, the, the injury reports. It's important to follow uh, other medical experts out there that kind of look at these concussions and can give a, ba- a better idea of how these players are doing. Um, so yeah, let's look what the practice reports tell us this week. Let's see what happens. I would not be shocked to see him sit again. The vast majority of players in the NFL nowadays are sitting for at least one game because of the fact that the league is is becoming more aware of the negative effects of concussion. So you'll see players miss usually one week at least, sometimes two. But again, we will see with Greg Olson. We'll take it day by day. Last player from week 13 to talk about is TJ Hawkinson. News broke about 10 minutes before I started this recording that he is being placed on injured reserve with a high ankle sprain. Um, and, and this happened last Thursday on Thanksgiving. Pretty brutal injury. There's a picture going around, and I can tweet it out if you guys want me to, uh, of the ankle where it got kind of caught up underneath of a defender. The ankle rotates 90 degrees laterally to the side and then kind of collapses inward. That's the classic mechanism of injury for a high ankle sprain. You'll see that all the time with defenders falling on top of the ankle there. Um, and definitely is a concern. You know, this is a scary injury that can take months to heal. We are now seeing Delaney Walker have trouble coming back from this a, a season removed. You know, he was just placed on injured reserve again. He had a high ankle sprain, which required surgery uh, in 2018, week one, and he's still not right. So uh, I'm not saying I'm sounding the alarms for Hawkinson by any means, but definitely something to monitor for sure. You know, his season's over. It's unclear if he'll have surgery or not. But regardless, these high ankle sprains, um, are nasty, and I think Hawkinson's in for a pretty long recovery here. We're looking at upwards of three to four months before we really see him doing any football type of movements again. So I think he's ready for training camp. You know, no concerns there, but how is he going to respond as the offseason goes? Uh, we'll have to wait and see for Hawkinson. All right, everyone, that does it for the Week 13 injury recaps. Before we get into other players to talk about here coming back from injury, I just want to remind everyone about our awesome sponsor of today's show. It is Trophy Smack. TrophySmack.com is the place to get your fantasy football hardware. We're talking rings, trophies, belts, uh, etc. You name it, they have it, and they're the best in the business. Excited to partner with those guys. They put out great products, and they are sponsoring uh, our listener league, which is fantastic. They gave us a ring for free to give away to the champion, which as of right now, Uh, does not look like it's going to be Okada, so you can let Matt Okada know on Twitter that he is not good at fantasy football. Um, But check those guys out. They're awesome. Trophysmack.com. Use the code REDSHIRTS, and you get a free ring with the purchase of any trophy or belt. All right, everyone. On to the last part of the show. Injury updates. Talking about guys like T.Y. Hilton, Julio Jones, Marlon Mack, etc. Let's start with Hilton. Uh, Frank Reich at his press conference today on Monday said... You know, he's hopeful, I think was the quote, that T.Y. Hilton comes back this season. And, you know, this is definitely something that I'm sounding the alarms about. T.Y. Hilton is essentially irrelevant for fantasy football for the rest of the year. That doesn't mean I don't think he plays. I'm just saying at this point, you know, what are you banking on? The guy has now had three separate soft tissue injuries. We're talking about two separate quad injuries and now the calf injury and the calf injury this past week was a an aggravation or a re-injury, if you will, of the same injury from previously. And if you've listened to the podcast before, if you follow my work, you know what I'm going to say next. 
it is that a re-injury of a soft tissue strain always requires a longer return to play. So for T.Y. Hilton, you know, let's say this was a, a grade one or a grade two, you know, you're thinking, okay, great, two to three weeks, he's back out there. He plays two weeks ago, that was about two weeks out from injury. And here we are again, he re-aggravates it. So it's week 14. If you're telling me it's going to be another three weeks before we even consider seeing Hilton on the field, we're going to be close to week 16, week 17. And at that point, fantasy football is over. So um, honestly, I, I would not hesitate if I were the T.Y. Hilton owner. If you don't have an injured reserve spot on your roster and you need the roster spot, you can drop him. And essentially, maybe you you trick your opponent. You know, you say, look, here's T.Y. Hilton. Take him off my hands. Uh, drop him to the waiver wire and let someone else pick him up because he's not going to be relevant for fantasy for the rest of the season, uh, unfortunately, for T.Y. Hilton. You know, uh, an awesome player, a guy that really elevates Jacoby Brissett, elevates the offense, but uh, 2019, essentially, for Hilton uh, is over. Next player here to talk about, uh, his teammate, Paris Campbell, is likely going to return this week. He's coming back from the metacarpal fracture, which is a fracture in the hand. Um, this is one that, you know, you'll, you'll hear me talk about it here in a second with Marlon Mack, but essentially is of minimal concern to me. You know, what they do when those, they do those surgeries, the doctors go in, they put a plate and screws inside the bone to stabilize it. And so essentially, you know, you take two to four weeks to get swelling back, to get the movement of your fingers back, to get your grip strength back. And once you do that, uh, you're pretty much good to go. So we could see Paris Campbell back out on the field. His teammate, however, uh, Devin Funchess is not going to return. The team did, did not activate him from injured reserve. So his season is over. Remember, he's dealing with a clavicle fracture from the first month of the season and, you know, for whatever reason, just did not activate him back on the field. So maybe he's still struggling with rehab. Maybe he isn't really going, uh, it's not going the way they thought it would. Regardless, you're not going to see him on the field at all this season. So the Colts players, man, that receiving core is really struggling. Of course, Eric Ebron also on injured reserve. The next call to talk about, Marlon Mack, uh, also dealing with a, a fractured metacarpal. But good news for him is that he was seen this past week doing some individual drills on the sidelines, which was the first time the media has actually seen Mack. So uh, that's great news. You know, he's going to finally get back on the field. I think he will be back for week 14. If not week 14, definitely week 15. And this is a situation where there's pretty minimal concerns for him. The only question mark is how much pain is he going to play through? Because at this point, if he takes a direct contact to that, that bone that's still healing, while it's not scary because it's not going to cause refracture, um, it could cause an increase in pain and soreness. So maybe normally if he holds onto a ball, maybe he fumbles at this time. That's the only thing that I could say would really be a concern. But listen, it's a top five offensive line. We know the running back there gets a ton of work. And so if it's Marlon Mack and you've got him, I am definitely going to be starting him because of the fact that there is a low risk of re-injury and because of the fact that, you know, these hand injuries, you'll hear me say with like a soft tissue injury of the calf or the hamstring or um, a knee scope, whatever it is, if it's a lower body injury, you always have to like, allow like two to three weeks for acclimation back into football. You know, these guys don't just pop up in, in football shape out of nowhere. With a hand injury, you know, you can still be on the bike, you can still be running, you can still be running routes, etc., um, doing some lower body strengthening. So I am more confident playing Mac in his first week back out on the field than I am for someone else coming off of a knee scope, for example. Last player here, Julio Jones, obviously did not play in uh, week 13. Again, that Thanksgiving game, he basically was a game time decision, worked out pregame and, and just didn't feel right. Reportedly was still having pain trying to catch footballs overhead 
which is not surprising. You know, with an AC joint injury, it's essentially um, an injury to ligaments that connect your shoulder blade to your clavicle or your collarbone. And so overhead, that's when that joint is really important for stability. So an injury to the ligament definitely causes pain overhead, no doubt about it. And for Julio Jones, you know, playing just four days after injury, honestly, was pretty unrealistic. So no surprise that he sat in that game, but Julio is a gamer. I think he does play this week. I do suspect he'll play with an injection into the joint, and essentially that injection can help with pain control. So, um, you know, not going to fix the injury, but definitely could allow him to be more effective uh, moving forward. So Julio, certainly questionable. We'll see what happens in practice. Again, don't be shocked to see him on the injury report, but I do think he has a good chance to play here in week 14. All right, everyone, that does it for this week's injury recap episode. If you like what you're hearing, please, 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 please drop us a rating and review on your podcast app. It helps us out more than you know. And if you want more Redshirts content, head on over to redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. Twitter accounts are at thefantasypt, at Matt Okada, at redshirtsffpod. We are back on Wednesday to record um and man it's our 100th episode on wednesday so i hope you guys are back to join us okada and i will definitely have something fun planned for you all i'm not sure if we'll do a live stream yet but if we do again look for us on twitter we will put that out there and let you know uh, but regardless that podcast will drop on uh, on thursday all right everyone have a great night i will see you on wednesday until then rather richer thanks for tuning in to this episode of the red shirts fantasy football podcast Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.